Hello and welcome back to the True North CFL podcast. This episode is about the recent news that season has been confirmed. And looking at some uh, of our favorite games, as well as training camp battles throughout this season. As per usual, I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at JimmyLeachCFL. And I'm Taylor Curry. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TaylorCurrySK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington, Twitter at a new ad at CJK underscore Carter. And actually, starting this upcoming Monday, you can catch me on Mix Mornings at Mix 96 in Portage La Prairie. Yeah, boy go. landed yeah. a radio job, man. Congratulations. Uh, that's pretty sick. 5 a.m. alarm clock. Let's go. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm out of the I'm out of the office at two. Life's great. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. And that then nice. so as of the day we are recording, June eighteenth, uh, this is Friday for those who are wondering. Yep. Calgary, I guess they dropped their new uniforms today, so let's quickly get our thoughts out on those. So what well, do you think do you... of the uniforms, yeah, boys? Out of ten. Well, like, I think we should start with that, like just a solid number grade, and we'll just go from there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a solid nine. Yeah, I think they're really? nice. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, I just it's a nice change of pace, that bright red all over it in the white. I just the old logo on there. I think that looks really sharp. It like I wouldn't go as it or go with it forever, but it's a nice change of pace for a season. And I think it'll do well. I'm I'm not feeling it, if I'm being honest. I was going to say a five or a six Ooh. because I feel like just as a whole, Calgary has some of the best jerseys in the CFL, like especially with their all black alternates. And yeah. this one just really seems to miss the mark compared to those ones, at least to me. Uh, I'm kind of right between you two. I, part of me likes it because I'm just a sucker for red uniforms. So that part of me likes it. But on the other hand, it just I do not like the way the stripes are going on the uniforms and it just that part looks strange to me so i'm probably towards more of a seven maybe a 7.5 calgary yeah. usually does have some of the better uniforms though like uh i know in the group chat we were talking about earlier i loved uh back when teams were allowed to have more than one helmet i loved their gunmetal helmets those ones yeah. that were like black and red those things were sick. I just I wish they could bring those back. Well, and that's what I was gonna say is I'm I'm curious to see what helmet they do pair this with. Like if there's a helmet to come we haven't seen, or yeah. if they pull out one of those helmets. So yeah, I'm it's, I'm curious it's tough to see. To, uh, it's tough to judge it based off of only the shirt of the jersey, you know? Yeah, I think like, we. I want to see the full getup. Oh, I think they posted that on. Uh... Did they? Yeah, on CFL. Ooh, let me go. Check. I didn't see a helmet. I didn't think. Oh no, helmet! They, they helmet, posted the. the they pants. posted the pants. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, on CFL News on Twitter. Has it? Yeah, I'll just go to the Calgary Stampede's Twitter and take a check. Basically, it's just white with a red stripe. And oh, I'm nothing, not a fan of nothing that. too crazy. Like it's it, basic it, white it, pants, and then there's like a red stripe. They're like, yo, what if we add stripes to the 49ers jersey? <laughs> Well, but, it's like, to throw back to their jerseys roughly like 75 years ago. This is what yeah. they kind of look like. That's why they're doing it. Yeah, this is yeah, like kind of their version uh, of the Rider Retros, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah, like our, yeah. um, Speaking of retros, I like, you know, bomber fan making the story about the bombers, but I'm not going to lie. I would really like to see some navy blue retros from like the from like the late 2000s, you know? I don't think those Ooh, qualify yeah. as retros yet. Those aren't that old, but I Fair mean... enough, but like just like yeah, a throwback but, for one yeah, week. I think those would be nice. Yeah. Cause like yeah. I liked the navy blue. That's just me though. I know a lot of people like and I, I like the royal blue, but like I, I didn't I wasn't upset at the navy blue. I no, those were pretty. nice. And you think about it too, if the riders could wear black and red jerseys for one game, you guys can go back to navy blue for one game. Yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like they'll maybe we'll get new helmets next year because I feel like that'd be another cool revenue source. And it's probably they're dealing with a logistical nightmare right now, just trying to get everything up and running. I don't know if adding more equipment to the players is going to help that. So mm. I think maybe that's more of a next year thing. And then I guess since the last time we talked, uh, a team has gotten a new name. The Edmonton. Yeah, football team is now the Edmonton Elks. What do you guys no think elks, of that? Multiple Elks. El- oh my god, Elks. Okay, I'm gonna call them the Elk, <laughs> but whatever. I, that was the biggest Twitter fight forever. That was awesome to watch. Um, it was. They did consult the Oxford Dictionary, so those of you who are complaining it should be Elk, actually you're wrong. So, um, to me, Elk just sounds better, but whatever. Yeah. You're do you guys wrong. like the name? Um, it's growing on me. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense, you know, asks Elks, you know? Yeah, that's fair. It makes more like the more you the more you sit down and think about it, the more it kind of like all the pieces just start to fit. Um, I didn't like the logo at first. It's starting to grow on me when I saw it on like the merch. It was really cool. Um, I think the helmet, they're ripping off Montreal, (laughs) you know, maybe a Hmm. little. Oh, yeah. Maybe, like, yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I just like, um, but then again, you have a chance like that with a name like Elks. That's a cool idea. So I, I understand why they did it. Um, they, they made sales on their merch too. They made the equivalent of three home games worth of revenue just really? on the merch. Yeah, wow. that was like within the first couple days of them launching all the new Elk stuff. So that's kind of sick. You know, my favorite part of the rebrand, it's something small, actually. Well, not small. It's physically big, but it's a small detail. They've made the logo on the field vertical as opposed to, like, setting it horizontally, you know? And they've, like, stretched it out, and it looks so sick. I mean, it looks nice in the shot, but I feel like in stadium, that's going to look so weird. But, I mean, it's just probably because we're used to it the other way. The people who are sitting on the ends deserve something nice. True. Do they really, though? Yes. Well, they only it's get to turn. see like they only get to see like half the action. The least they can do is get a good logo placement. I yeah, mean, exactly. Well, I mean, only one side gets it though. The other side gets it kind of weird. So it's like, yeah, but like I don't know. Don't be poor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, those tickets are like ten dollars for a reason. Come on now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm cool with the elk. Uh, I wanted it to be Empire, but then they said yeah. they they couldn't do that because I think that was probably an overcorrection from their previous name, where it's like they just wanted to be extra careful. So Yo, yeah, yeah, no, I get elk that. was probably the next one on my list because the I, team I actually did to, used uh, to go by that uh, before. So 
it makes sense in that way as well. I would have wanted to see them be the Edmonton Elite, but unfortunately that team name is literally taken by a different Edmonton team in a smaller football league. Oh, right. is that the Senior Alberta League? I think, I think so, yeah. Which yeah. is unfortunate, but I mean, good on those guys for snagging a sick name. That's the league that Will Arndt played in, by the way, in case people were wondering what he was doing before the CFL. Hmm. Yeah. And so now we've kind of talked about the two big pieces of news. Let's jump into much watch games. Uh, I've sorted these out by week. Uh, some weeks are going to have none. Some weeks we'll have one. And then some weeks we'll have a bunch of must watch games. So we'll just jump into week one, which is the Grey Cup rematch of Hamilton versus Winnipeg. So what, what are you guys feeling about that game? Uh, it's in Winnipeg, so I think I think it's just going to be a repeat of the Grey Cup. Maybe or Hamilton will put a put up a couple more points. Sorry, but I think Winnipeg's still gonna they're gonna make uh, they're gonna make themselves known on day one of the CFL. Um, I I agree with that. I think um, like I've noticed Winnipeg has been for the past couple of years they get out really hot, and it's towards the tail end of the season that they start to sort of slow down, which is scary as a Palmer fan, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, again, just even with the other games in week one, it's just it's the first game back after yeah. like 500 and something days. The fans are going to be ha like the fans are going to be nuts if they're even like if there are fans. Hopefully there should there should be by August. They should be allowed fans in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, fans will be going nuts. Players will be super excited. I've talked to a couple of guys in, from Winnipeg. They're really excited to get back to it. Um, I think, yeah, I think Winnipeg takes this one, but I think Hamilton, honestly, I think Hamilton makes it a lot closer than even you were saying, Taylor. I think he makes it, like, I think they make it really close. I think we have a good close game. Maybe a last-second field goal from the rookie to uh, to ring in the new season post-COVID. Oh, yeah, you were talking nice. about that. You said Medlock isn't returning, so. Well, yeah, they said today, I believe, yeah, Michael Shea that he's not that. Yeah. Yeah, he's not coming back. All right, then, in that case, the job belongs to former Western kicker Mark Leggio, who can, like Medlock, can do a bit of everything, so that Good. pick is I mean, looking just, better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they knew because they had talked about it, like, uh, since, you know, I am I have my ear to the bomber news a bit more, um, they would say things like, oh, we've been preparing in case this is the year that Medlock leaves. So this has been, like, in the, like, through the grapevine for a while like this has been rumored yeah like they made that pick not last draft but the draft before so they had some kind of inclination that this was gonna happen so yeah i mean that pick looks better with time and for me i just i have absolutely zero faith in zach kalaros let that be known um speaking of repeating history i would not be shocked if uh zach gets his bell rocked again and goes out week one again. I think we got the O line to protect him. <laughs> That's for at my least one gutsy game. prediction. Yeah. I think we got the O line to cover him for at least one game. If we start taking injuries on the wow. O line, that's when you gotta put your. <laughs> that's when you panic. Yep. But in fairness, I think your offensive coordinator is probably gonna be more intelligent than Stephen McAdoo and not run your concussion prone quarterback. But I mean. <laughs> That's just me. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, 
personally, you guys know my opinion. I've said it so many times. I'm I've always been Matt Nichols over Zach Caleros, and I think it was a mistake to let him go. I I I don't like either of those guys. So I mean, for my quarterbacks, but I mean, yeah, I'd probably be in that boat too. And then on to some quarterbacks I like. Uh, let's go to week two. Um, the first one is Montreal versus Edmonton. So what do you guys like about this matchup? Oh, just, well, me personally, I just, I mean, I always like when I see Vernon Adams and Trevor Harris go at it. I think, didn't they have a game in 2019 where they, they put up like 40 points each or something? Like they had a really high scoring game. I could be thinking of a different team, but I just, I like the way Vernon Adams plays and Trevor Harris and those offenses and defenses are going to clash really well. And that should be a really entertaining game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that those teams just line up really well together. And personally, I would say Vernon Adams is my favorite quarterback um, in the league right now. Just like I think he's the most fun to watch just because like. It's ridiculous, just some of the stuff he can do with the ball. And yeah, yeah, I was about to say um, you stole what I was going to say, because VA isn't <laughs> the best quarterback in the league, but he is the most fun to watch. He is the most fun quarterback yeah. in the league. He's like, yeah, he is the equivalent of Lamar Jackson, if I were to say. Yeah, a, a little bit better passer, but yeah, he's got the it, <laughs> he's got the it factor. I would say, um, yeah, that is really fun to watch. And Trevor Harris, when he is on, also a friend of the show, by the way, um, when he is on, Shout he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's true. So yeah, if he's hot going into this game, this could be a real shootout. People, uh, people kind of forgot about him because uh, Henry Burris got the start for the Grey Cup that Ottawa won, but I mean. He's he's got it. He's always at it. So yeah. And then so the next game we have here another good quarterback matchup, uh, Hamilton versus Sask. Yeah. So I, I, I always like seeing the Riders' defense go up against the Hamilton offense. That's just always entertaining. And then we just they had some great games in 2019, and the rosters haven't changed too much. So there's a partial rivalry there from, I mean, even the 2013 great cup when we whooped their butts. So those are just, it's always a good game to watch. Yeah. Um, Hamilton versus Saskatchewan. That is the first real test for Saskatchewan in the season. I don't think BC is going to be much of a challenge for them. <laughs> yeah. No, not guaranteed the first win night. stadium. Yeah. Guaranteed. Oh, don't say night. guaranteed. Don't say guaranteed. Like I don't, I don't Almost think guaranteed. I don't think Saskatchewan <laughs> is going to have much trouble against BC. But yeah. going up against a team with the best record in the league last year, with a second string quarterback, and a team that pretty much only had one really bad game, and it just so happened to be the championship game. Like this is where we see like, is what Saskatchewan did last year sustainable? And it'll show like if they're a threat for years down the line. If I think that game is going to be very telling. Yeah, true. And it's going to really test Saskatchewan in a way that how did we make up for the guys we lost? Because we lost Derek Moncrief, obviously, to the NFL. Um, Judge and Hughes to Toronto. You know, like those were key pieces of our defense. And yeah, we brought some guys in, but. You know, how good is that defense going to look without those guys is my particular concern. And yeah, for me, that is our first real test is Hamilton. You know, BC, they, they don't scare me other than Mike Riley. Um, mm -hmm. they, and their receiving court, they aren't that scary. So 
I think this is going to be the clash of like one and two. It could be an early Grey Cup type of game. So I think this will be a fun one to watch. Uh, let's go to week three now. Uh, Winnipeg versus Toronto we have as a must watch. So what do you guys think of that one? Well, that'll be good because that'll well, it's in Toronto, but that's Matt Nichols playing his team for the first time, is it not? Nope, nope. Oh, wait, no, no, he's, no, he's, he's a red black now. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> talking, talking about that, talking about that, because I wanted to mention this. Winnipeg doesn't play Ottawa once this year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? So yeah. we don't get to line up. We don't get to line up against our former offensive wow. coordinator, who's now the Ottawa Red Blacks head coach, and we don't get to line up against our quarterback, who put us in a prime position to win the Grey Cup. That is unbelievable that's, that's kind of cheese not gonna lie that's kind of such cheese. an oversight but yeah i will say about that game i will be excited to see toronto's offense if it lives up to it against winnipeg's defense because they do you know they got a strong front seven in winnipeg so it'll be good to see if toronto's front line can actually hold up against that front seven I'm really excited for uh for this game because it's the first home and home series of the year for any teams. Mm. Yep. Um, the week before, I believe Winnipeg hosts Toronto. And then, yeah, the week after, it's Winnipeg versus Toronto. So I'm really excited to see that type of like minor rivalry. Cause like when you think rivalry, nobody in their right mind is going to think, well, Winnipeg and Toronto, they've got it going on. Right. But I think, you know, a home and home series, which we're going to get a lot of this year, it's going to be really interesting to sort of see how it's going to be the first little taste of how those are going to look for the rest of the season. No doubt. Um, this one, I'm kind of curious to see what Toronto's new guys are like, because all the guys they run it, like they're high pedigree guys and there isn't enough starting spots for all of them to go. So, yeah. you know, who who emerges, right? Is it going to be Martavius Bryant who's going to earn a job at receiver? You know, is it Sean Oakman going to fit somewhere? You know, so it's just, yeah, Toronto's just going to be an interesting team to watch just because of the names and the storylines. Then our next game is Calgary versus Winnipeg. What do you guys think of this what? one? What? No, the uh, next one's Montreal versus Calgary. Oh wait, Montreal. Yeah, okay, I was lo- I was looking at week down. Four. My bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Montreal versus Calgary. Here we go. Yeah, that'll be that'll be good. I just, I mean, it's it's going to be a young core in Montreal's offense against a strong Calgary defense, and then Bo Levi lighten up their. Montreal's good on offense, but their defense still kind of lacks. I think I they signed some good guys this off season, but. They're going to have a lot to prove, and that's going to be a big game for them early where they can prove it, like that their defense is legit. Yeah. The um, Calgary's got the what, who many, and I mean, honestly, with how Mike Riley played last year, I would probably say it too. Like the best player or the best quarterback in the CFL, Calgary's got the best one. Montreal's got who could possibly be the guy that overtakes them. So. With both Ooh. of these teams having relatively Ooh. lackluster defenses, it'd be really fun to see a uh, a shootout between those two guys. Some serious shots being fired there. Oh, man. All right. All right. I, I, I believe in Vernon Adams, man. I think he's really good. I like oh, yeah. VA, he but he's, like, he's behind like Bo, Mike, and Cody for me still. I think... But... 
him and Cody See, I, are kind of equal. Like they're in like a race together. But like Vernon could be the face of this league in in let's say five years if he wants to be like like you know you talk about your household CFL names like Trevor Harrison, Bo Levi, and Mike Riley. But I think like Vernon, yeah, he could be he could go down as one of the best if he sticks it out in Montreal and everything. Like yeah, he he could have a legitimate historic CFL career. He could too, and he's a marketable name in the U.S. too because. U.S. football fans know who he is from his time at Oregon. Oregon, so yeah, yeah he he's definitely a very marketable guy there. And for this matchup, I think you're going to see again how good is the talent in the East versus the West. This is probably going to be the third team or third or fourth team in the West, depending on where Winnipeg and Calgary go, versus probably the second or third team in the East in Montreal. So. Again, are we going to see the West kind of dominate the East again this year, or is there going to be a little bit more parity this time around? Yeah, oh, good I point. mean, if I, I'd, I'd assume there would be this year, right? You'd think, but then I again, you never so. know. Yeah, right. It's it's it always makes it more compelling. Yeah, and then so let's jump ahead to Week Four here. Uh, our first game there is Edmonton versus Toronto. Yeah, that'll be a good one. A Thursday night game in Toronto. It'll just be, I mean, for me personally, I could see Edmonton's offense just lighting up Toronto. I mean, not in front of many fans, but they'll light them up there. So. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. There might be more Edmonton <laughs> fans there. Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton versus Toronto in Toronto on a Thursday. That game could just be held in a parking lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> it could be like the Argos preseason game where there was less than 2,000 fans or whatever. Oh, 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 man. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see if, um, I mean, kind of lead into what we'll be talking about after we get through the games, but I'm excited to see, um, hopefully, in my opinion, it would be nicer to see MBT. Uh, it'd be nice to see him uh, step up in a game like this. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Uh, for me, uh, again, it's just there's another test of East versus West, the talent level, because Toronto's number three in the East, in my opinion. Edmonton's probably. And where are they in that matchup? They're they're in that three to five range. I feel like they can be anywhere in there with how I'm that sorry? team is. Edmonton. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like they're they're anywhere from three to five in the West, whereas Toronto's probably like a solid three or maybe a two. So again, this is where we see it's like who's better East or West type of thing. And I hope the MLSE brain trust is intelligent enough to realize that they need fans in the building in order to make money in the CFL. Nah. And maybe they lower some <laughs> prices to get people in the door because apparently that's an issue where it's like the cheapest Argos tickets like 80 bucks it's like that's ooh, ridiculous that's nuts and for comparison for the riders it's I think it's maybe half that if not less you know yeah it's so, about 40 bucks for pill, pill country yeah. I thought pill country was even less than that but yeah it's like it's somewhere around that half range. So the Argos need to do something to get fans in there. And I think 
lowering those prices might be a nice first step and maybe some promotion of some kind would be good. Um, yeah, overall, that should be a good matchup. Calgary versus Winnipeg. Ooh, this could be a very good game. That's a Sunday night game. Sunday at 5. Huh. That'll be a good one. That's just going to be a good West battle between, I mean, Calgary and Winnipeg. It's just going to be a typical, yeah, typical West matchup. It's right. going to be... Yeah, like that's going to be an exciting one to watch. You know, you're going to get to see Bo Levi take on the, the Winnipeg and Zach Kolaros to see if he can. Like, I'm curious to see if Zach Kolaros, not that he can last the whole season, but, you know, if he can live up to the hype of winning a great cup in the last season, that he keeps, you know, he keeps that momentum going and mm. and stays and, you know, wins games, has a, you know, top three in the West or something. It's that's what I'm curious to see if he can land that out. So this is going to be a big test for that. Yeah, I have no analysis for this game. Calgary versus <laughs> Winnipeg is just always fun. It's just always yeah. a fun yeah. game. Like, the last time that they played outside of the playoffs was literally a last-second field goal win for the Bombers at home for the last game of the season. Like, it's just, it always seems to just be fun. Good football. And that's what it's all about. So, that's that's all I gotta say about that one. No doubt. Uh, this could be a huge stand-in thing because I feel like Calgary and Winnipeg could be matched up pretty well, and they're they're a team that's probably going to be competing for that second spot because Calgary's Calgary. Even if you know they lost everyone, they'd find some guy on the street and still find a way to be competitive. It's just how their system works. So, yeah, yeah, Calgary and Winnipeg, I think, are going to be duking out it out for a large part of the season for that number two spot in the West. So, that could be interesting. I mean, we'll see because, I mean, CFL's crazy. You can't just have a team locked in first like you got Sask. I don't think Sask is locked. Like, I think Sask is one or two. I can't see them falling to three. Then Calgary is probably, like, their high is two and their low is four. Then Winnipeg is, like, two or three. It's so crazy. So So you just listed off... Saskatchewan is the only team to possibly finish. First. Okay, that's my bad. I think Winnipeg can get first, but again, I just don't have faith in Zach Kolaros, man. Like, like I think he's gonna get injured, and you guys are gonna you lose. Have, you can have doubts about it, but it's just like, um, no. And it's like, I'm, I mean, I have doubts about it too. If I'm being honest, I think that any three of those teams can line up. Personally, I do think that Winnipeg, um, is probably gonna finish. I personally think this season is going to end. Sask Winnipeg. Calgary in the top three, and then I don't know Elks or BC interchangeable. But honestly, those top three are pretty interchangeable as well within those top three places. Like, I think Calgary might be kind of stuck in third, but like they could surprise people because, again, like you said, Bo Levi's insane and their system is nuts. Um, If Saskatchewan is as good as they were last year, then of course they're going to do well. And I mean, Winnipeg's trenches are just crazy. Yeah, and yeah. you think of a couple of years ago, well, I mean, the last season, I think, when it came down to the last game of the year to determine how one, two, and three was going to finish because that's how close it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, like, I mean, I, I could see Edmonton at the top in the West this year, but I could also yeah. see Winnipeg, Calgary, or Saskatchewan. I don't see BC, but yeah, yeah, like, it's it's such a toss-up in the West. The East is a little easier, but the West is tough. Yeah. Whoever. I will say this. Um, I think Ottawa, and it's going to be Ottawa because that's 
<laughs> how the league works. Ottawa's going to play spoiler late no. in the season. No. Beat someone. Beat someone. I don't know who, but they're going to beat someone. It's going to be their one win of the year. It's like the tectonic shift of the entire league. <laughs> oh my God. I could see imagine. it. Yeah, I, I could see that too. Oh man, that'd just be hilarious. And, and, and it might not. Win. It might not be. It it might not be Ottawa. I was just saying them because they played poorly last year. I just like a, a basement team. BC is my dark horse team this year. I feel like they can make an impact because their biggest issue, the O line, they kind of solved that and they added some nice pieces to their secondary. So I think they clogged up a lot of their holes, but at the same time, like. I think it's them in Edmonton fighting for that fourth spot. Mm. But yeah, don't don't count out BC, man. And then let's week jump seven. to week seven. Yeah, we don't have any week five or six because those are traditional Four. rivalries and we've limited yeah. this list to the non-traditional rivalries, yeah. right? So obviously yeah, like, it, it would just be like the Battle of Alberta watch, and then like the Saskatchewan Winnipeg games. Yeah, watch yeah. Labor Day. Watch the Banjo Bowl. Watch the rematches. Like, yeah, make sure you game. watch football that weekend. Yeah. Let's be real. Let's, <laughs> let's be real. CFL, like CFL newcomers are not listening to this podcast. You guys know the drill. Yeah. Hey, like, we, might yeah. Some, we might get a couple. But for those who, just in case there's someone who doesn't, that's the week that those two weeks uh, are the rivalry weeks. So you have the teams that hate each other playing like those two back-to-back weeks. So Winnipeg is Saskatchewan will play twice. It'll be a home and home. Same with the Alberta teams, and I think Toronto and Hamilton. You know, that- if someone didn't know about the Labor Day and they're hearing about this for the first time, uh, DM the podcast on Instagram and I'll send you ten dollars. I promise. <laughs> I'm not joking. Bro, I, I mean to get I'm my serious. American friend to listen to this. Like, yo, you want free ten dollars? Yeah, you, yeah. Except if it's ten dollars Canadian, you you it's, convert that. That's gonna be like eighty cents, dog. No <laughs> yeah, yeah. worth nothing. Yeah. And then, so jumping into week seven, we have Calgary versus Hamilton. So, what do you guys think of this one? That'll be a good one. I th- just I, this is just me, and I mean we're just talking about it. But I see Hamilton walking all over Calgary in that game, and just kind of not just putting them to shame in Week Seven, and just making that horse tuck its tail in between its legs. And- <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I see, and I just that's what I'm getting in my head here. Man. I mean, I was gonna say, I was gonna say this game, um, like how Hamilton, Hamilton. I see. I I'm thinking Hamilton is a benchmark team, basically. Like, because Hamilton's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, it was the first real test for Saskatchewan. I think it's going to be Calgary's hardest test, at least so far in the year, because I don't think they played them before this. Um, yeah, I just think Calgary's got to show up against Hamilton. And if they aren't showing up, um, like, on all cylinders, then, yeah, Hamilton's going to do exactly what Taylor described. It's going to be ugly. Like, yeah. like, I'm talking, like, 50-point ugly. Oh, yeah. Because Hamilton can do it. Yeah, like, even if Hamilton is the number one team everyone thinks they are, and they walk all over everyone, I think Calgary is the one team they might have a hard time, which is because they're so well-coached. Whereas, you know, other teams might have the talent, but maybe they don't have the coaching. So, yeah, I feel like if 
they get sloppy and underestimate them, Calgary might bury them. And yeah, yeah. I think that's a good uh, it's a good benchmark for Calgary to see if they are in that Winnipeg and Saskatchewan tier in the West, or maybe this just isn't their year. Maybe they just gotta wait a year yeah. and get some more receivers, you know? Well, what do you think? Uh, you mentioned something that I think is interesting. You mentioned a team that has got the players but not the coaches. Are you alluding to a team like that, or do you are you, are you just saying that? Uh, I'm more or less just saying that, like, for the most part, I think Winnipeg is a well-coached team, and so is Saskatchewan. Um, well, the only the only team that really comes to my mind when you say that is honestly Toronto. Toronto and Ottawa, I would say. Uh, aside Ottawa's from aside from Lapo, year, aside from Lapo, yeah. But like, I think that would be better. Yeah, uh, Toronto's got a young staff. Uh, Saskatchewan has some younger staff, but they're. They've like worked in coaching for a while, but they're like new coordinators, like a uh, Shivers, who particularly looking at. Um, he's still very good, like we know that. But uh, and Moss is coming back to the offensive coordinator role. How does he adjust there? I think I personally think he'll be fine. But you know what happens there, and we did see some uh, head coaching rookie gaffes from Craig Dickinson last year. Uh, so does does that change, you know, or does something like that happen? What I what I mean more or less, like, because in the tiers of coaching in this league, right, like Calgary is probably like at least top two, I would say, right? Oh no, they're they're not second, bro. They are top. They have to be like the way that they've been able to stick around for so long. Yeah, like they're literally like what we thought the Patriots were basically until last year when the Patriots kind of. Well, when they lost on Bo Levi Mitchell, like exactly. Yeah. If you replace Bo with Cam Newton, I think the same thing would probably happen. But yeah, um, bro, they straight up were like, "Yo, who's the replacement for uh, for Bo <laughs> Levi Mitchell?" I got it. His name is Dom Davis. He's perfect for the role. Like, what do you expect? No, they <laughs> signed. They signed Tim Tebow. Dom got, Davis. I'm he's sorry, got that noodle like, arm. On, Tom Davis, man, that, that's great. Well, Tom Davis got a strong arm. He just can't read a defense to save his life. <laughs> like, oh man, some of the, that one game against Saskatchewan where he just had <laughs> that's a game, what I was just thinking about the game of his life, and then the next time he plays them four interceptions. Yeah, it's like wow. Yeah. Or I guess a more apt comparison would be John Jennings, wouldn't it? There you go. Yeah, John Jennings, it's like he can pick apart a certain type of defense, but he can't read another is the uh, word around the league. I can't remember which he can read and which he can't. I'd have to go back and look, but that's what coaches say about him. Well, but, he's not reading anymore. He's retired. Yep. I think who who is a quarterback that had no arm that played the CFL? I feel like that's incredibly rare. Strabler. Strabler. Uh, yeah. Tino Sinceri. I thought Tino had a decent yes. arm. He just couldn't Seth read Daggy. defense. Oh, <laughs> Seth Daggy. Yes. Ryder fans go. will know who we're talking about. Seth Daggy. Yeah. Plays bow with Seth Daggy. Bad things will happen. <laughs> but aside from something crazy like that happening, I think Calgary is just going to be hard to play against no matter what. So if Hamilton is going to lose to somebody, I think it'll be them. And moving on to the next game there. Toronto versus Saskatchewan. What do you guys think of this? That's a Friday night 745 kickoff. 
the the Argos are going to be sleeping by halftime. It's going to be a <laughs> blowout. Kyran Moore is going to run all over that defense again. Yeah, it's going to be a nice game. Hopefully, there isn't a storm this time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, at this point, we'll know if Toronto is real or not. And if Toronto's not real, then this game's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, I feel like something could happen with one of the big names in this game because I remember in preseason. Lucky Whitehead went off against the Riders, and I feel like that could happen again with another name, like uh, I think it's Dontrell Wright or Martavius Bryant, someone like that. Mm. Just have a game. Oh, it's Kendall Wright, my bad. But yeah, one of those guys could just have a monster game, I feel like. But I don't know. Toronto versus South, I feel like it could be a fun game. It's always fun to play Toronto for whatever reason. And then the next game here is BC versus Montreal. What do you guys think of this one? Yeah, that's going to be, well, that, that'll be a good test for BC. You know, it's, they got to go across the country and they're playing in Montreal. They, you know, if, if fans are allowed, that'll be, I think, a, a decent loud stadium. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, no, just Montreal's got a good team and that's going to be a good test for BC just to make sure they can go up against everybody and put up points. Yeah, I mean, at this point, let's let's be honest with ourselves. At this point, like week seven and on, we're really just looking at games that we personally think are interesting right now. Like we have no idea what storylines are going to come out. <laughs> Everything yeah. could change. Yeah. yeah, but like, I, I mean, it's just it, these are just great matchups. Let's be real. Like, um, I think BC versus Montreal is going to be great. Um, yeah, I think. Vernon Adams could possibly have a field day with that BC uh, defense. Maybe. I, mean, I don't think BC's got the strongest. I mean, they picked up Marcus Sales, who, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, had that amazing uh, interception in the end zone uh, against Calgary. Um, so, so he's really good, but like, I just don't know how much, like, what else they got. I'm going to pull it up because the CFL's been putting out depth charts for everybody. I'm going to look at their. Uh, yeah, I think players. BC's is up there. So, uh, their quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks, sorry, uh, Gary Peters, Marcus Sales, Kenny Ladler, people forgot about him, but he's a stud, uh, EJ Lee, and I have no idea who their field corner is, so that might be interesting, but yeah. That's uh, more or less where I'm at with that one is it's a good test for both teams because I think BC did get a lot better in the offseason and Montreal, again, they're fun to watch. They're probably second in the East. So again, it's another test of who's better East versus West. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, that's that's more or less what it is. And then my goodness. Okay, so let's go to our next week. Uh, let's go Montreal versus Toronto. What do you guys think of that one? Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I just like kind of Carter said, it's kind of tough. We're just picking personal matchups at this point, but, I mean, it'll be another, just another good East battle between, we'll talk about this later, but McLeod, Bethel Thompson, and Vernon Adams, so. Yeah. yeah it'll be a good game. I mean, yeah, 
Toronto versus Montreal, it's all going to come down to who's the quarterback there. Personally, I don't think our Buckles got it like MBT does. Um, yeah, we'll see. For me, these these cities have a rivalry. Like the next two uh, games we talk about are borderline rivalries, and this is kind of one of those where, like, the two cities just have a major rivalry. You look at hockey and other sports as well; they have that, and that kind of drips into the CFL as well. So that'll definitely be a good game. And let's go to Week Nine. We have Sask versus Calgary. I was this close to knocking this off the list because I do consider this a full-on rivalry because of how awesome these games are. So what do you guys think? Yeah, well, it'll just... Yeah, that's going to be a good... That'll just be a good matchup. It'll be a good test for Saskatchewan on the road, and it'll be a good test to see if Calgary can... I mean, yeah, we're going to play them two or three times, so... They're going to want to have as many wins as they can on us because, like I said earlier, it's, I just think it's going to be that close in the West again this year. Yeah, I mean, the entire the entire division can flip over. I mean, I said it before, yeah, one team's going to play spoiler and you want every head-to-head advantage that you can have. So this Saskatchewan versus Calgary game is going to be big. Yeah, like I said before, this is always a fun game to uh, go. So I, I, I like this one. And let's go to week 10. We have Ottawa versus Toronto. This is a battle of the basement game. I think we can all agree on that one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's skip ahead here. Uh, Edmonton versus Winnipeg. What do we think of this one? Yeah, just <clears throat> uh, Edmonton versus Winnipeg. Yeah, it'll be... Uh, I mean, Edmonton's got a really good defense, so it's going to be... Good test for Winnipeg's old line to see if they can keep Zach Claro standing up. And yeah, good good point battle for the West standings. I think if, if Caleros makes it this far, he's going all the way. Not <laughs> saying that they're going to win a championship, but if he makes it to week 10, he's going to get through unscathed. Oh my God. There's, I, I'm saying no if he gets way, to week 10 without an injury, I'm saying he's due every week there's, after. There's, there's no way. There's no way. That going down the stretch, the Bombers O-line lets anything happen to him. <laughs> oh, man. As, as a Ryder fan who had to endure Kolaros as their quarterback, Aaron, for a surprise, my friend. Bro, you had to endure a terrible O-line who let him get absolutely mollywopped on the first series of the game. Our O-line like, is elite. No, that was a quarterback run. He was nowhere near our O-line when that happened. Bro, so, that was... Don't, don't be dissing our O-line. Simone Lawrence gooned bro, him well, somebody after he messed, ran. Somebody messed it up, bro. <laughs> Whoever was blocking Simone, which your, is like a receiver, somebody, probably. Somebody on your team, whether it's a staff or somebody, is really, really dumb for Oh, that, that was our offensive like, coordinator. We got rid of him. Like, so. Vernon Adams is not a pocket passer. You don't use him like that. You don't yeah. use Caleros as a running quarterback. <laughs> he can scramble. That doesn't mean you tell him to run straight up the gut. <laughs> Again, blame McAdoo. So. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I know we had to endure McAdoo for too long too, but uh, l- let's skip ahead here. Um, we just did Edmonton versus Winnipeg. Uh, Ottawa versus Montreal. How do we feel uh, about this one? Yeah, just good test for Ottawa. I mean, this whole year is just going to be, I think, for them just to see what works and what doesn't. So that'll just be a really good test for them, a good East battle if if they can actually play with, like, if they can keep up with everybody else. 
yeah, I mean, the East always, I mean, from the past couple years, the East seems to just have less wins. So it seems like further down, like it's harder to get buried, you know, if the if the division's just overall weaker. So yeah, if Ottawa wins here, maybe they catch fire, you know, get a bit sure. going down the stretch, and then who knows? All of a sudden, like Ottawa's hosting a playoff game because they go on like a three-game winning streak. Now, in the spirit of single-game betting, soon to become legal in Canada, um, if I gave you over under two and a half wins for Ottawa. Would you take the over or the under? The over, dude. Yeah. Come on. Oh, you think they're winning more than two games? Yes. Three or four. <laughs> look, look up when the last time a team won less than three games was in the oh, CFL. Yeah. yeah, I know, but it's a often. short season, so they're they're losing like four games or whatever. So. It was gonna happen. It's gonna happen this year, and Ottawa is that bad. Where, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they just won three games or less. Like, that's where I oh. have them pegged. You like know? what Carter said, I think they could play like they could play kind of a silent killer at the end of the season and hurt some people. So I wouldn't. I like. I'm. I'm not saying they're gonna win the Great Cup. But don't <laughs> don't count them out with three wins or less yet. I think Man, they could do a little better. Than if that. Ottawa somehow won the Grey Cup this year, and you're telling me Ottawa's losing twelve games this season? <laughs> yes. You're telling me. You're telling I have me Ottawa's that losing, little faith in them. You're telling me Ottawa's losing more games than Winnipeg did last year. It was a they, full season. They have zero offense. They have no defense. So, yeah. Dude, I they've mean, got... The thing is, though, they they basically took a lot of bomber pieces and just moved them over to Ottawa. I mean, Matt Nagel, they still have like, no re- number one receiver. Like, they have RJ Harris who's and Brad Sinopoli, who are, like, good well, they got, two and threes, but they don't have, like, a true Mr., number one. They got Mr. Banjo Bowl over there, Daniel Peterman. Oh, That's yeah. That's my man. <laughs> Um, the good Daniel Peterman. <laughs> like, there's there's some pieces over there. They could make some noise, but I mean, I think it's just going to take a while for them to figure it out. Yeah, like I I just I don't have faith in them this year. I think they're probably a three win team. But again, I guess we'll have to see. And Montreal is probably going to be second. Some people are saying they could push for first, but I don't know about that one. Uh, they're good, but I don't know if they're Hamilton good, you know? And then week 11, let's go Calgary versus BC. What do we think of this game? Calgary, yeah, that's going to be a good one. Uh, Mike Riley, Bo Levi, and it's just good. I mean, we're going to yeah. see if Mike Riley's got no line in front of him to protect <laughs> him and if they can keep up. That That's my opinion. Yeah. Really, I think we'd know by now. I think uh, if you're looking at it's going to be like, you know, if BC is, uh, or like if, meh, I am blanking on what I'm even trying to say now. Um, if BC is like going to be protective, I don't think Calgary is who you judge it against. That's true. Who I would you either, judge it against? Either Saskatchewan or Winnipeg. That's fair. Like, I feel like if you're looking at, especially when it comes to the exterior linemen, it's got to be Saskatchewan or Winnipeg. Sure. And then let's jump to Winnipeg versus Edmonton here. How do you guys feel about this one? 
Did we? I feel like we had that game earlier. Really? Yeah, let, let me do a quick scan while you talk here. Edmonton? Well, I yeah, no, we but I mean, uh, no, maybe not. It's oh, Edmonton versus Winnipeg. Oh no, that's yeah, no, it'll just it'll be a good game. Uh, that well, there's your test for Winnipeg if their O line can hold up because that G line <laughs> for Edmonton is unbelievable. With yeah, who who they got there? Uh, Botang. They got more on the interior. Yeah, I think like they lost they got, Usher, but they're still pretty good. Yeah, Edmonton's but, gonna win that game. Yeah, I oh, I could see that for sure. No, Ed, Edmonton is going to win that game because Winnipeg, this is what Winnipeg does. I said it earlier, Winnipeg is going to start to fizzle out and maybe they'll get the fire back for the playoffs, but for the last couple weeks of the season, they're going to start to go on a downward trend and everyone's going to panic, but it's just how it goes. So I Is Kwaku Boateng going to body Zach Kolaros in this game after Carter gloats in week 10 that he hasn't gotten hurt? <laughs> Like, uh, well, I don't think he's going to get injured. There's a difference between losing a game and getting your quarterback <laughs> killed, dude. Like, I can just see that being like karma, instant karma, where you're like bragging on the pod. Hey, Zach hasn't gotten hurt yet. What were you guys saying? He gets hurt the next week. Yeah, come, you're talking about instant <laughs> karma. We'll see how Saskatchewan's doing in the basement come week 12, dude. Oh, no. even, okay. even if we lost there Cody, we, we are not a basement so we got team. A, so, so even if know, we lost Cody, about instant karma, you got to make sure that you're watching yourself instead of hey, throwing man. out these types of moves, dude. The thing where the thing I look at Saskatchewan you're throwing a haymaker with is... your left, dude. You're throwing a haymaker with the right while leaving your left hand down, bro. Leaving yourself open. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, man. Well, tell me if Saskatchewan loses one player, is their season done? Like, if they lose one player, one position, are they done? No, but. You know? But it's a sk- but Winnipeg's also like we're all saying Winnipeg has got a chance to be one or two, and that's on oh, top yeah. of you saying that you don't like their current quarterback. So even if he does get injured, is that much of a difference? I mean, sh- I-, I still don't know what Sean McGuire is. So I mean, I just if he is like the second coming of like a Mike Riley. Well, well, think of like, everything that you're saying okay. and apply it to your own team because it's just as valid there. Well, I mean, like if Cody True. goes down. Like if I think if I compare the quarterback room, right? Like if if Zach or Cody goes down, sorry, I have faith in Harker and the group behind him. Whereas the group it's just not so him. much in Winnipeg. Yeah, like Mason. Who's Fine. behind him? Mason Fine, Luke Falk, who's got NFL experience. Uh, I'm not including Tom Flacco in that list. Brian Bennett, we do not have him anymore. We good. Cut okay, him. okay, okay. We okay. cut him after that game in, yeah, in the West final. That's what I was yeah. like. Jesus. Like, yeah, like you guys don't know him, but I know James and I were raving about him. Mason Fine could be the second coming of Kevin Glenn if he hits his ceiling. So, I, an I interception really like him. every game in no, no great cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like this dude's like. He's a shorter guy. He's a shorter. Every team is beloved by all for no (laughs) real reason. Yeah, I just don't understand the reference there. Don't disrespect Kevin Glenn. I meant like, no, he's great. Like, I love Kevin Glenn, dude. Yeah, he played for us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's great. I just never want a great guy to deal with the Elks. True, but I mean, like, he's he's like Kevin Glenn, and then he's a short guy who's a great passer. It's just again, he's got kind of that it factor. Little accurate passer, doesn't run very much, you know, and just he reminds me of that type of player where it's like if he if he hits that ceiling, he's like Kevin Glenn tier quarterback type of thing. A good Kevin yeah. Glenn, not and 
not Grey Cup Kevin Glenn. I, I just want to say, too, if if Kevin Glenn somehow does hear this, I, I do apologize for my words. I mean, they're true, but I, I respect you as a quarterback. I just, I mean, you didn't win a Grey Cup. and Oh, I love you, Kevin you did Glenn. Throw when, did, wait, when, did, when did Glenn play in the Grey Cup? Uh, 2007. <laughs> oh, wait. He wasn't. Oh, wait, got no, he wasn't. He got hurt. He got hurt. No, it was didn't Calgary. With Calgary. It was yeah. Calgary versus Toronto. That was 2012, I think, when Toronto won it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, we had yeah. a we had a backup. Because I was not... thinking 2007, but I was like, no, because no, he got hurt, was, uh, and it was Dinwiddie. Ryan Dimwitty. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, now he's coaching the Argos, and his coaching tree is kind of interesting because his backups in 2007 were Cliff Kingsbury, who was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and Zach Taylor, who's coaching the Bengals. So it's kind of interesting. They're all head coaches now. Yeah. But anyway, let's jump to week 12 because we're going to get way too sidetracked on this. Um, BC versus Montreal. How do we feel about that one? Oh, wait, did we already talk about that? Yeah, we did. Let's skip. Uh, honorable mention to that week, Toronto versus Montreal. That could be another battle of the basement. We'll see. Um, I mean, I think there's more to it than that. Oh, okay. I mean, you you straight away, what I see here is Nichols was supposed to play for Toronto, and yep. Arbuckle was... Oh, I'm reading this wrong completely. Never mind. Toronto versus Ottawa. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what, what I'm excited of. for. Yeah. yeah, screw off, Montreal. Nobody that, likes you. <laughs> that one's not the battle of the basement. I also misspoke, so we caught each other yeah. there. Um, I think we already did Hamilton versus Edmonton, so we can skip that. Montreal versus Winnipeg. Montreal versus Winnipeg. That could be a fun game to watch. Oh, yeah. Someone's, I mean, I mean, both teams have had killer comebacks on each other. It happened to... <laughs> it, we were on the receiving end of it last year, and then I think either a year or two beforehand, we did the same thing to Montreal. So um, I think whichever team is winning at halftime is just going to lose. <laughs> Interesting take. All right. And so this is what I actually was looking at when I said Battle of the Basement. Toronto versus Ottawa. Um, who do we think is yeah. winning that one? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Toronto takes it still. <laughs> I just, wait, oh, oh yeah, no, I'm going to say Toronto. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, think I, they can, yeah, I just think. I've I, said it. I've said it a ahead. lot. Oh, sorry, sorry. I've said it a lot. MBT, if he's showing up, I think they're going to win. If not, I mean, I've still got faith in Matt Nichols. I think he's good. I mean, he was fighting Matt. He was fighting Riley for the job in Edmonton before he got injured. So there's True. a reason for that. Fair enough. And then but. week 16, uh, this is our last one. Edmonton versus BC. This could be a fun matchup. Um, well, and that's a game where BC could play spoiler to Edmonton if they win that one. You know, that could be uh, that could be the game that takes them out of having a home a home playoff game or something. Here's, here's what I'll say about it: I think that if the East is weak again this year, this game is going to decide who gets a crossover. Ooh, score. I like that. Yeah, it's all going to come down to Week 16, last game of the season for these guys. And Ooh. whoever wins is in, basically. And they got to go to the other side and play. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, for me, I feel that way, too. Whereas this is probably this is probably going to have some kind of playoff, um, you know, 
consequences here between these yeah. two. Yeah, implications. Uh-huh. That's what I was looking for. Um, so yeah, for that battle, I feel like that's definitely probably going to be a must-watch. And now that we're done our games. Uh, let's jump into interesting camp battles. This isn't going to be in any particular order. Uh, we just wrote down what we found interesting. So, you two were talking about this. We're going to get into this. Uh, oh, I can't see because Carter's thingy is in the way here. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Toronto's battle for QB1. Will it be Nick Arbuckle or McLeod Bethel Thompson? Moneybag Thompson all day. He's taking that. That's... I like as soon as the, I saw that they signed him again, I knew that he he's coming back to take that number one job. Arbuckle will be a backup to him again by if if for some reason they gave it to Arbuckle, they'll they'll regret their decision by week two. But it, yeah, it's gonna be money all Man. day. Um, I think Arbuckle fumbled the bag. I don't know what happened between them and Ottawa, but like Arbuckle is not in the position to be making demands as a CFL starter. Whereas Matt Nichols, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, at least Matt Nichols has wins under his belt as a starter. You can look up games that Matt Nichols has played in and Matt Nichols has done well in and won. He's won games that matter. Arbuckle has not really. So nope. I think, yeah, I think Arbuckle fumbled the bag. He had a great situation in Ottawa because when he was in Ottawa, he was this starter. He was that guy. He's not anymore. It's yeah. got to be McLeod Bethel Thompson. That's interesting. I don't know. I feel like you guys are writing off Arbuckle a little too quick. He showed out well in Calgary, and he's got the same coach going with him to Toronto and Dimwitty, who was his quarterback coach. So I feel like that might influence the decision of who gets the starter job a little bit. And I'm not dismissing MBT. MBT, I love MBT. He was a stud last year. Uh, Again, I just... I don't want to dismiss Arbuckle being the starter too quickly because, again, it's his quarterback coach that's coaching this team and is familiar with him. Mm. And he's the young, up-and-coming talent. I don't think that I'm dismissing Arbuckle, though. It's just looking at what MBT was able to do with Toronto last year. Like Exactly. Yeah. McLeod Bethel-Thompson was pretty much the only positive on that Toronto team for a lot True. of the year. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you want to take that away? He threw four thousand plus yards, twenty plus touchdowns. He did have twelve interceptions, but in a losing season, like imagine what he does this year because they've actually bolstered the team a lot. Exactly. I feel like both these guys are gonna have starts this year. Um, Oh, they should. I mean, they should. Yeah, because if one of them has a bad game, you know the other guy's gonna be in there. Like both quarterbacks are gonna have a very short leash, so. Uh, even after training camp, that's just going to be an interesting narrative to follow. And then, mm-hmm. let's go on to our next team here. Will Ottawa find their number one receiver this year? I think so. I think it'll be R.J. Harris. I, I, or, yeah, no, it'll be R.J. Harris or Sinopoli, I guess. That's, you know, they were familiar with the system last year, and now they have a better quarterback in Matt Nichols throwing to them. So I, I think that they could have better seasons and it'll be between them. They got a guy who can put the ball where it needs to go at the very, exactly. least. at the very, very <laughs> yeah. least you got to give it to him. Um, like Matt Nichols might have the, uh, the made out of glass quality, but like he can still throw. Yeah. Um, 
True. So will Ottawa find their number one receiver? Yeah, like, will they the have future? a guy who can go up against everybody else's number one for the receiver? future? No. I don't think so. Not this year. Like, I don't think they're gonna have like. I think after this year, they're still going to be like at the top of Ottawa's list of things to do. It's going to be find wide receivers. No doubt. I'm kind of with you in the same boat. Like, I think RJ Harris has the inside track on that. Especially with Jalen Sa- Saunders retiring. Like, I, I thought he was going to be the guy. Just because he was so good at Hamilton. So that, okay, you got Jalen Saunders, you got RJ Harris, you got Brad Sinopoli. That's a respectable group. But with Saunders retiring, it's like, I like RJ Harris, I like Brad Sinopoli. I look at everybody else, and it's just like, uh, I don't know, you know? Like, maybe they find an American guy in camp, but that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen, but I don't think they're going to find their number one. I think they're going to... R.J. Harris is probably going to be their top receiver, and they're going to get someone next year in free agency. And then... Let's jump over to BC here. This isn't necessarily a starting job, but it's definitely an interesting debate nonetheless. Who will be the backup to Mike Riley? Uh, I think personally it's going to be friend of the show, Will Arndt, uh, just with his CFL experience in the rest of the roster. Like To me, it's going to go Mike Riley, Will Arndt, and Nathan Rourke, and then the rest of the guys will be on the practice roster. Interesting. Yeah, I think that, I mean, that makes the most sense, right? Like, for BC, it's like, you know, I think BC is trying a lot to make sure they've got the, um, just put all the right pieces. Like, I think BC right now is doing what Winnipeg was doing when they first brought in O'Shea. Like, they are trying to take a more, like, structured rebuild process. So, I mean, it's just going to be like, you're going to take established guys. And I mean, that's just the order that they should go with for that. That's fair. Um, I I want it to be Nathan Rourke so bad because if we ever are going to get a Canadian starter in CFL, Nathan Rourke is the best shot we've had in a long time. Like, this guy is significantly better than Bridge, and I was a huge Bridge guy, but this guy is like, I don't want to say he's Canadian Mike Riley because that's way too big of a bar, but I mean, like, He's the same style of quarterback. Like, he's a big physical runner who is a decent passer. And, you know, I think as he matures, that arm will get better and more accurate. So he's a guy that, again, I want to win the job. And a guy they just signed out of Michigan, Shea uh, Patterson, is no slouch. Like, he's a guy that but also come in and impress because he was a guy that was, you know, had a decent shot of beating the NFL last year. I think he was on some training camp rosters, but found his way to BC. So that's another guy to watch out for, for sure. And let's jump to our next one here. This is a starting job that is going to be interesting. Uh, who starts in Hamilton, Dane Evans or Mazzoli? Uh, I'm going with Jeremiah Mazzoli. If I was the coach, that's who I'd be picking. 
Uh, I know I know Dane got them to the Great Cup last year, but he fumbled the bag when he had it. <laughs> so I would be looking to see what Jeremiah could do. And you always know that you have a good backup in place. But I could honestly see them at all teams in the league this year being the team that actually uses two quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. that That's something, yeah. too. Like, I could see very well that they'll use both of them and they'll not split time, but they'll definitely share lots of time. Whatever. Um, I will say this. Whoever doesn't get like the overall starting job is going to be going somewhere else in the offseason because both of these guys yeah. are starting caliber. No doubt. Like you can't you can't tell me that both of like that either of them aren't. They like it's it's crazy that Hamilton is just like it, it's almost like it's weird because they have had this talent for a while, but it seems like they've just sort of come out of nowhere where it's like, <laughs> hey, we're all good at the same time and now everybody dies. Like Yeah. It's like they, it's ridiculous. They just kind of took over, and yeah, I mean, I if I were to say like you know who's getting like if, if one had to be like a bona fide starter, I would say Masoli. But yeah, that's how I feel about that. Fair. I'm kind of with you too. I think it's Mazzoli. Um, uh, I think there's a situation like Toronto where both quarterbacks will have a short leash, and it will be interesting to see. How Mazzoli is coming off of his injury. So, but even with that, I still feel like it's going to be a Mazzoli to start the season. And then let's jump into the. I find this funny because this was also a debate in Toronto that has now moved over to Calgary. So we have Canadian quarterback Michael O'Connor versus Dakota Prukop for Calgary's backup job. So, who do you think takes that? Uh, I'd take O'Connor. I mean, I like... He's Canadian, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, I just... I think that's a good opportunity for him to learn behind Bo Levi, Dave Dickinson, you know, and get in for those third down plays and stuff like that, but just mainly to, to learn for a while if they keep him. But yeah, that that's my opinion. Yeah, um... I was going to say Prukop, and then you you hit me with a Canadian. And yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's how I feel about it, because I honestly, like, this is this is important, because, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, you're talking about the backup to Superman, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well have some Canadian depth on there. Yeah, for me, I was actually shocked that Ottawa didn't take a sniff at him, because... He's an Ottawa native. Oddly enough, so is Nathan Rourke. Um, yeah, Ottawa didn't go really go for him. And he's an Ottawa native and Ottawa needed quarterbacks. So I thought that was kind of strange. But, I mean... Hmm. Yeah, I feel like Calgary is one of the few teams that is willing to give Canadian quarterbacks a fair shake. Like they did with Andrew Buckley. Uh, who was a quarterback in the league and had a bright future, but chose to go to me- continue medical school and become a doctor, which, I mean, noble choice for sure. Um, so yeah, I feel like Michael O'Connor definitely gets a fair shot here, and we have tape of both of these guys, and from what we know, Prukop is a little bit more mobile, but his arm isn't as good, and O'Connor is more of your big a sturdy quarterback in the pocket type, which I think fits Calgary a little bit better because it's more or less what Bo is. So, 
I feel like this is a great opportunity for O'Connor, and I think he probably wins that backup job. And then, Taylor, you and I can talk about this for an hour, probably, if we wanted to, but I mean... I'm going to let you guys handle this one, because yeah, honestly... we're going to nerd out on this one, so... You guys will fill up the time here. Who replaces basically a thousand-yard guy named Roosevelt and the sack master Charleston Hughes? Well, I I think like we'll start with Naaman, and I'm really thinking that uh, Jordan Williams Lambert is going to have a like a great year this year, and yeah. I think he's going to fill Naaman's role really well. And then going on to defense with Charleston Hughes, that one's a bit like that one's a bit more difficult. I'm really curious to see where they put Dion Lacey, where if they put him at linebacker or defensive end, because I think Chad Jeter's great. And like we have a lot of depth, but not a guy that is at Charleston Hughes level yet. But if they threw Dion Lacey in there, I think that would be a good start. That would be a good spot for him. That's fair for me. There's a couple of young guys. Like I think it's going to be AC Leonard and Freddie Bishop. But I mean, at the same time, I kind of want to see some of the younger guys that we got at end. Um, yeah, Canadian I'd like to see Kid Jordan we- Reeves play in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The kid we got out of Guelph is really good in the draft, huh. so he'd be a nice guy to find a way to work in the rotation. Demetrius Harris out of Fort Valley State, I think he led a Division II NCAA in sacks. Uh, not last season, but the season before, so yeah, he's no slouch well, either, so he'd be nice to work in there as well. The nice thing about the Riders, too, is that I mean, even when we had Willie Jefferson and it was the sack leader and Charleston, you know, we uh, like they rotate, they go in and out. So I, I think yeah. we're going to get to see a lot of these guys. So, yeah, I just hopefully a lot of them are going to step up and it's a big, big hole to fill with Charleston. Hughes gone. So, yeah, it's I'm it's going to be a good battle to see who can try to fill those shoes, at least for me. I think you're right. I think JWL uh, might go into name and spot. But then again, who fills? Kind of JWS, but like who who takes that extra starting spot is more of the question I have here. And looking at what we have, Paul McRoberts was outstanding was in say. training camp. Uh, yeah, Demarcus Ayers is good. Yeah. And I was so- really mad when Paul McRoberts didn't get to play or in 2019 or whatever the last season was. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to great things from him. He's yeah, seeing some of his training camp stuff and his highlights from college yeah he just he looks like he's ready to ball out and he's gonna he could he could become a very big name in this league fast yeah uh non-rider fans probably won't know who he is but he was a guy that they picked up in 2019 formerly of the la rams who absolute uh amazing guy in training camp played extremely well in preseason unfortunately just didn't get to play um Carlos Henderson is another guy who's relatively young, uh, former third-round pick of the Denver Broncos. He played a little bit last year, so he might also be a guy that goes into that spot that JWL kind of was in last year. And then uh, there's another guy here, uh, Jerome Peak. He was, oddly enough, a guy who was a receiver at Trevor Lawrence's Pro Day. So, you know, he's another guy that might do it. Or 
do they go with the second Canadian there? Does Terrell Jana go in that spot? Because he could be a slot receiver. So maybe it's his spot. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of guys that I'm really excited to see. And this is why I'm so bummed that there was literally zero preseason games is because there are so many new guys. It's like, I want to see who's going to step up and fill that role. You know, we don't know. True, yeah. Very true. So let's jump to our next uh, one here. How many of the big name signings will earn jobs in Toronto? Well, for the for the money they paid for all these guys, they better all be playing almost every day. Yeah, right. Like, You'd hope all of them. Yeah, like that's. I mean, Charleston. If he doesn't get a job, that's ridiculous. And uh, yeah. Cam Judge too, and Hinock Mwamba. Like, if they don't win their jobs, there's something wrong there. But I am curious to see, like, let's say, like uh, Martavius Bryant, like yeah, where like he lands, and those, if he. So, yeah. yeah, I'm curious to see if he like that's the guy I'm going to have my eye on to see if he can land on that weekly like active roster like that. I'd be excited to see him play. He's played at the high level in the NFL, so he could do good here. He should, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but just like, I mean, Toronto, they basically were just like, hey, have some money. Come yeah. play for no fans. <laughs> so yeah. like, you can go to Raptor games if you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're owned by the guys who own the Raptors, so you can get like discounts on NBA tickets or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it's just like the guys that they're paying money for, they got to play them, right? Like, and I just hope that it's not like because I heard a story from uh from Pat McAfee once on his little show, little show, like where. He <laughs> But um, he talked about how there was this one uh, or when he was with the Colts, there was a situation where they traded a guy who was getting paid less at a position because he was actually playing better and they didn't want to have the bigger like the guy with the bigger paycheck. They didn't want to bruise his ego. So they <laughs> traded away a better player just because he was making <laughs> less money, which nice. makes doubly stupid. Like, yeah. yeah. For me, it's like I think one of the big name receivers they sign, like Kendall Wright or uh, Martavius Bryant, I think one of them earns a job. Um, Sean Oakman is kind of a bit more of a utility guy. He can go in or outside, so I feel like that'll help him winning a spot. And then I look at uh, Shane Ray, former NFL first round pick. He's a guy that is going to be interesting just because he I don't think he has that inside-outside ability that Oakman has. So I feel like he could be a, you know, he he's a question mark for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because he's kind of more locked into one spot. So. Yeah, and then let's jump into our next one here. Who will be the top wide receiver in Winnipeg? That's going to be, well, I mean, it should be Darvin Adams, but they, I mean, I, I, something's telling me that Nick Dembski could have a really good year this year. So I'm curious to see that, but they, uh, if Zach Claro stays healthy and they got a good arm, not like Chris Shreveler just wasn't a big thrower. You know, he wasn't throwing four or 500 yard games. So if Zach is throwing good and consistently, I think it could be Darvin Adams, but I think they'll have more than one guy this year over a thousand yards. I think they could do that if Zach stays healthy. I disagree with that. And the reason why I disagree with that is just because 
I think Winnipeg is one of, if not the only run-centric team in the league. Just with with their running back core that they have. Um, I just... Because I still think... I think they still have Johnny Augustine. And I mean, he showed up with the two games that Andrew Harris had to sit. Yeah. So... I think both of them are really good. Uh, if they want to do some, like, they've done run plays where they've done, like, you know, those sort of, like, sweep plays with um, with Janarian Grant, Whitehead when he was a part of the roster, not anymore. But even Nick Dembski, like you said, um, I think they'll get a Darwin over a 1,000. I just don't think anybody else will see enough action to get there. Here, Hold on. Here's the hot take. Maybe their number one uh, receiver will be Andrew Harris. <laughs> he was going for that thousand thousand. He was on pace for that. I was gonna say, yeah, maybe he does both. If he does, then he's gotta be most outstanding player this year. Yeah, if He'd you go a thousand and thousand or like whatever the lead, equivalent would be this year. If, if he can if he can lead the league in rushing yards and league his and lead his team in receiving yards, oh he has to be. Has to yeah. be. Hands down. Oh for sure. And then our last one here is the Edmonton Elks. What will they do at defensive end? With the departure of Nick Usher, they kind of have a spot open here. So what do you guys think they'll do with it? Did they sign anyone this offseason to fill that spot? No real names. I'm just going to look. They did. They do have some young Canadians, though. They're like, uh, oh, they got Sean Lemon, I guess, who's a solid vet. Um, oh well that's he's taking that spot then they got Matt you don't sign him to just bring him in I know like they got Matthew Betts there too and Nate Anderson who are both kind of promising young Canadians so it's like yeah that's true too I really want them to start you know two Canadian defensive ends because I feel like that'd be so cool that would be cool and that would give that would probably free him up other places to start some more American receivers or something oh for sure yeah for me, it's so, just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I really like it. Um, but for me, yeah, I forgot. I guess Sean Lemon they signed later, so that might be his job to lose there. I could see that, yeah. Or maybe and, he'll start with it, but he's not going to end with it. Yeah, could be that too. And then let's go to our final segment here the one we always do uh covid activities uh hopefully that segment ends soon with everybody getting vaccinated um yeah right yeah so for me uh mlb the show is going to be where it's at for me i personally... what, what mode have you been doing oh road to the show 100% yeah that's the vibe that's nice. the vibe yeah i love road to the show uh the pitch, the new road of the show says is a bit weird, so I've just been playing right field. So I'm happy with that, and yeah, I'm I'm still binge watching Criminal Minds. I said that a while ago, so I can't use that one again. Uh, so yeah, MLB the show is probably my new thing for this episode. But uh, what team? What team you get drafted to? Oh, Blue Jays, obviously. Oh, you you do the oh uh, I pick the team. Manual. Yeah, I I, I don't. 
I don't. I usually end up on like a team that nobody really cares about playing for, like Detroit. Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. <laughs> no, but if you get but if you get Baltimore, that means you get like picked first. So like at least True. that's cool. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. You get Detroit and it's just like meh. Yeah. <laughs> that's why You're I picked Toronto, because it's like I don't care about these teams. I don't want to play for them. I want to play for the like, Blue Jays, you know. Just unremarkable, you know. It's like my my teams, uh my baseball teams to root for are uh, in first right now is White Sox, Chicago White Sox. Okay, then, that's fair. Then it would be the Oakland A's. Then it would be Toronto Blue Jays. Those are my top three. Why the three? A's? Just out of curiosity. There's a um, our local like our local college slash like like whatever Bantam team. You know what it, you know what they call them, right? Whatever. Um, they were called the St. James A's. Okay. With like the same colors and everything. So I mean, I just saw that as a kid and i would see them like the oh. a's in a game okay that's so fair. plus it's the only uh it's the only um mlb game that i've gotten to go see live is a spring training game that the that was like at the oakland a's spring training stadium oh where is that uh that is in uh that is in phoenix or in the surrounding area oh, of nice. phoenix arizona oh okay all right yeah. all right i've been They're to yeah. the cactus league yeah I've been to the Diamondbacks. I've been to their stadium. That's really nice. And then oh, I remembered cool. I went to the Kansas City Royal Stadium once and they had like a water fountain and everything like outside. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous there. But if you're going to cheer for a baseball team, there's only one to cheer for and it's the New York Yankees. Oh, oh God, no. Bombers. No, anybody with the Yankees, man. That's like, that's cheering, that's like yeah. cheering for the Leafs. That's a no-no. You know, for me, it's just like... <laughs> They they always buy their teams, so it's just like, eh. I know, grew up watching baseball, Derek baby. Jeter and Alex Rodriguez. The, the beast. Yeah, yeah. I grew sure. up watching like yeah Johnny Damon while he played for the Red Sox for a bit. But yeah, like Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez and yeah those type of guys. So yeah, I was I was quite into it. And I'm just gonna get into my COVID activities here since we're here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have been well. It's been Mar- all the new Marvel shows that are great, but Loki's on right now. And if you're not mm. watching Loki, you yeah. need to watch Loki. It's amazing. And I just finished the the Sopranos the other day, and that is uh, one of the best shows I've ever watched. James Gandolfini, like the main actor, is uh, his character is my favorite character on TV. Tony Soprano. That's just he he played an amazing character. And if yeah, you if you like mob mobster stuff, you have to watch it. Fair enough. I'm nice. watching Loki right now as well. That's definitely oh, worth a watch. So good. I I sort of fell off my Marvel kick. I got to Endgame and then I sort of stopped because I couldn't um <laughs> I couldn't find a spot to watch um Far From Home. Oh okay. And, I wanna, and I'm watching it's on it all Netflix in, now. Oh, is it? it is. Yeah, it's number That's two cool. in Canada right now. I'm gonna oh, have that's to. Sick. I'm gonna have to watch it then. Yeah. Right, yeah. Then, and then, into, then I can get into WandaVision and Captain America and the Winter Soldier and yeah. I haven't All seen the stuff. Winter Soldier one. I've seen Scarlet Witch. No, oh, I haven't Mike, seen it. You, I heard like the first people, episodes were good, and then it kind of fell off. No way! It got better every week, and uh, yeah, it ended. So, like, I like, oh yeah, that you have to watch that. All right, I'll it watch is, that one then. Like, I'm watching Loki. Love- I watched all of Wandavision. Obviously, I'll go watch like- Winter Soldier. You're like a, you know, you're like a army military guy. This one's all about like that kind of stuff. It's really good. All right, I'll check it out. Like, I, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, Falcon's the new Captain America, isn't he? Kind of. Hell yeah, he is. All right, yeah, we're gonna have to see how he fits into that role. That'll be cool. 
Yeah, and then well, you'll find out. Carter's probably got the biggest announcement here, so I'll let him get to yeah, it. Yeah, talked about it earlier, but I have uh, I have got a job in a small little town called Portage La Prairie. I love it out here. It's been great. Um, I am a news writer slash radio host. Um, I'm going to be starting on a radio station called Mix 96 out here. Um, when I'm not doing voice tracking or live stuff with them, I am writing news for the online website. Um, it's just Portage Online. Um, been having a blast with it so far. That's what I went to school for. Um, I've really enjoyed it so far. I've only been doing it for, it's been less than a month, I think three weeks now that I've been at this place. Um, absolutely love it here. And it's been super, super nice. Shout out to Golden West Radio. Yeah. Golden West. Aaron Carter. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Good for them. And with that cool announcement, I think that's going to wrap up the show. You guys got anything else, really? I got I got one thing, because you guys are Saskatchewan fans. I'm a Winnipeg fan, and there's one guy who sort of was my in to all of CFL knowledge and how I sort of became an insider with some people. And he recently announced his retirement. So I want to take a second and just congratulate Ryan Lankford on his retirement. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kick returner for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and BC Lions. And Ottawa Red Blacks for a little bit, actually, too. Um, Yeah. yeah, He lit um, us up. I want to say congratulations (laughs) for a great career as a kick returner and wide receiver. Um, He was a part of the um, Winnipeg um 12 points in 40 second comeback against Montreal he scored the first touchdown in that comeback nice. which was super fun so he's I'll tied never to, forget that yeah he's yeah. tied to one of my favorite games if not my favorite game of all time and that's including the Grey Cup because the experience was wild um but yeah I just wanted to congratulate him on a job well done and wishing him a good retirement and you guys also play COD together right don't you not as often as we did He's sort of taking a step back from that stuff because I'm assuming he's been focusing on other stuff, but we still keep in touch. That's fair. I know I yeah. know you play COD with a bunch of CFL guys, so it's like, yeah, but... Yeah, he was the first one that I talked to. He was the first guy that actually, like, you know, let me talk to him and let me sort of, you know, just be around him regularly, which was cool. Yeah, like, that's like, awesome, you know. Yeah, I wanted to just take a moment and mention him. While we uh, while we were all here, no doubt. Congrats yeah. on his retirement, and wish him nothing but the best. So, I well, I got one here too. Oh if... yep, go for it. <laughs> okay, uh, shout out. Ready for this? Shout out to Deron Carter for right. becoming the player, the director of player personnel, wide receiver coach at the North Palm Beach Prep School. So, oh, I don't I don't think we're gonna see him in the CFL anymore. He has become a coach. Moving to coaching, hmm. that's all right. Congratulations, yeah. Theron. Fair enough. Yeah. Going to coaching, that's definitely Absolutely. a good choice there. And then that's going to wrap up the show. I can't say when we're going to do another one here, probably closer to the season. I can guarantee you we're going to do a special probably two weeks before the start of the regular season just to kind of update you on what's been going on in camps. And we might have some kind of fantasy news. I'm thinking is where we're going with that. Um, 
we may or may not have a special guest. Uh, I'm I'm working on that right now. So uh, not gonna say who it is, but no no promises either. So stay tuned for that probably mid to late July. Um, and yeah, uh, you can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search up True North CFL Podcast. You can also listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. As your host, Jimmy Leach, uh, this is the True North CFL Podcast signing off.